brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved, Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Let's join Bishop Kevin J. Foreman. Take Don't have no shalom in your home. Lift your Bibles. Let's make our confession of faith together. This is my Bible. It is the living word of God. My mind is renewed and my spirit is prepared to receive the word which produces faith. And faith pleases God. I'm not just a hearer of the word. This word. Shout it out. One scripture, one scripture, Psalm 34. We welcome those watching at all of our campuses. One scripture, Psalm number 34. And I want you to get down to verse number 12. Uh, if you'll notice, the trailer for this series, the steps that he gives... Uh, are just generalizations and general things that can mess your life up. Understand? And then when we get to the end of the trailer, you see the particular step we're going to talk about today. You got it? So somebody else saying, well, Bishop ain't talked about none of the steps the man gave in this video. Because those are just general steps. You understand? We get into some specific steps. <laughs> Psalm 34, 12, you got it? Now, who is the man who desires life? I mean, who, 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 who desires life? Who desires to have a good life? Okay, if you do not, please, please put your hand up. If you want a horrible life, please put your hand up. Come on, put them up, put them up. Horrible life, horrible life, horrible life. Come on, put them up, put them up, put them up. You want a horrible life. Okay. <laughs> okay. Nobody wants a horrible life. Who is the man who desires life and loves many days? Who wants to live less than you're supposed to? That he may see good. So then he gives you some steps on having a good life and loving many days so you can see good. Look at verse 13. Keep your tongue from saying stuff you ain't got no business saying. Keep your tongue from evil. Evil means contrary to. Meaning you don't say things contrary to people even when it maybe needs to be something contrary said. Can you know what I'm saying? There's sometimes you want to say some contrary stuff to people. That's what evil means, contrary to. And keep your leaps, lips from speaking deceit. Amen. That means don't be lying. Amen. 
Got it? And what I found out is most people aren't liars. They're just horrible communicators. I've not met very many evil people. I just met, met a lot of non-communicative people. Now, I've met some evil ones now. I tell you, I've met some evil ones. But I found most of them just can't communicate well. Depart from evil and do good. Here's the line right here. Seek peace. In Hebrew, shalom. And then he tells you, pursue it. In essence, the word was saying, peace is going to try to flee from you. <laughs> shalom is going to try to escape you. It's going to do everything it can to get away from you. But David's real clear here. He says, seek peace, shalom, in Hebrew. And pursue it. Bishop, Bishop how should I pursue it? Pursue it more than you're pursuing that promotion. Pursue it more than you're pursuing that person you want to date. Pur pursue it more than you, you're looking to have your bank account filled. Pursue it. <laughs> pursue it. Seek peace and pursue it. Father, as we delve into your word today, I pray that you would do what you always do, which is customize your word, Father, so that it would speak directly to the situations and circumstances going on in the life of everybody under the sound of my voice. We thank you, Father, that we all desire good lives. We all, we all desire our days to be filled with good and, and, and to see good things. And that's what you desire for us. That's what your word teaches us. And so today, help us, Father, to restore shalom in our home. That we might not only seek peace and pursue it, but we would find peace. And we thank you that it is so in Jesus' name. Somebody say hallelujah. As you take your seats, touch somebody say, gotta have shalom. Gotta have shalom. Gotta, gotta, gotta have it. 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 Uh, I, I love scary movies. It is no secret. I love scary movies. Everybody can't handle scary movies. And I know there are some preachers that even teach that you should not listen to a scary movie uh, or, or watch those because, you know, somehow I guess the devil's supposed to get in your mind because you went and watched Freddy Cougar or something. And if you are that immature in your Christian walk, then perhaps you should do that. But for those of us that have matured to the point to where watching somebody get cut up ain't going to mess me up, then okay. All right. So now, so, so I just want to get that out the way. Now, now this weekend I saw Paranormal Activity 2. Not the new one, the old one, because I ain't, I ain't ready to see the new one until I didn't see no one. Got it? I, I saw Paranormal Activity uh, uh, 2. Uh, it's not for the easily scared. If you're not a person that's into scary movies or horror movies, you do not want to see this movie because this movie, uh, with all of the power of God, I know this movie had a couple times I was like, woo, wait a minute. God, dog, wait a minute now. Just hold on now. How'd that happen? Now, wait a minute. Uh, because it seems something that could really take place. The way they do it, it just it looks like, my God, this could really take place. Matter of fact, it looked like it then took place. Somebody, how they know how to do that quite like that. Uh, in the movie, there are unexplained phenomena that were occurring uh, in the home of the couple that was there. Uh, doors were opening and closing on their own. Uh, lights were coming on and off. Ca cabinets were blasting open. Uh, uh, and uh, all of these unexplained phenomena were going on. They were hearing voices uh, in their home, people calling them. They were having weird dreams uh, that were going on in their home. They were hearing animal sounds in their home. I'm here to tell you, there wasn't no shalom in that home. 
the nanny knew. The nanny, I believe she was some sort of spiritual uh, or spirited nature, perhaps a Roman Catholic or just weird. I don't know what she was, but she, uh, when she started recognizing something wrong was going on, she started walking around the house with smoke and all kind of stuff. Uh, the nanny knew something was wrong and wasn't right in the house, uh, and the father fired her because he didn't want to acknowledge the possibility that something he couldn't understand was going on in his own home. Uh, many times it is easy to live in denial about reality because you don't want to acknowledge the possibility that there's something going on that you didn't catch, something going on that you missed, something going on that you didn't anticipate being there. Uh, you can't believe every time somebody cries wolf, but don't ignore when everybody cries uh, wolf. Uh, it turned them against one another and made them act different than who they were because of these unexplicable and unexplained happenings. The, the opposite of Salome isn't simply chaos, it's fear. Uh, it's the fear of the unknown, it's the fear of the unexpected. And so uh, these people are experiencing no level of Shalom because they're in constant fear of what's going to happen next. Have you ever been in a situation or a place in your life where that's where you've been? God, what's going to happen next? I, I've been hit with this, I've been hit with this. I've been hit with this. And so when you wake up, you don't wake up expecting today to be a good day. You wake up saying, what's going to happen today? Uh, what's going to go? Am I talking to anybody? What's going to go wrong today? What's not going to work for me today? That's how these people were. And it began to change who they were. It was familiar to the wife because she had dealt with this as a child. Uh, the husband, however, didn't know the background of who he was married to, and then he went and made a male child with her. Uh, I think it's appropriate for me to insert here, you got to know the people that are around you uh, because everything and everyone that is with you isn't necessarily for you. Uh, and so this man didn't know he had married a woman uh, that from her child had been dealing with demonic possession. And so now when he had got with her, she brought that devil right up in that house. Y'all don't want to say that to me. That's fine. Uh, the storyline goes on that the grandmother, the grandmother, uh, when the wife was a young uh, child, had made a deal uh, with the devil in exchange for the success of her children. I'm going to help uh, somebody right here. Uh, she exchanged their financial stability for their shalom. Uh, she said, as long as they got some money, I don't care if the devil's going to be messing with them. Uh, here's my question, not for you, but for your neighbor. What deals have you made that exchange your peace for temporary comforts? You're not hearing uh, what I'm saying. What deals have you made to be with somebody that you know don't even like you and you don't even like them, but at least you got some temporary comfort? You, you only got to say nothing to me. I'm preaching for myself. If you don't get nothing, that's on you. What deals have you made that exchange your peace for temporary comforts? I was watching yesterday uh, 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 an interview of a R&B artist and she was talking about how she stayed with a man that was abusive and he was a drug user and all kinds of things for 11 years and she was a Christian woman. She was raised by her father. Her father showed her an example of what a man's supposed to do and how a man's supposed to treat a woman and even though she wasn't experiencing that in her relationship she said I stayed and then the interview you said, why'd you stay? She said, I stayed because I thought I was doing the right thing by my kids. Oh my God. She exchanged her shalom for temporary comfort. And I mean to tell you, there's nothing in this world that is worth exchanging your peace for. Which means if you got to eat beans and cornbread, baby, you're going to eat some beans and cornbread in peace. Tell somebody to say shalom, 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 shalom. 
The demonic spirit required the life of the firstborn son as a ransom. And on the last night of the movie, the demonic entity goes crazy and eventually possesses the daughter uh, that was trying to warn the father that something was wrong. Uh, the daughter ends up killing both of the parents and takes the baby. And it is based off of some level of a true story uh, because they say the whereabouts of the girl are still unknown. Now, this is an extreme example, but it's very demonstrative of the point. There is nothing worth losing shalom in your home for. Now, shalom equals peace. It equals life. Shalom uh, means that there's nothing missing. There's nothing broken. There's nothing lacking. Uh, and all is well. But now to have no shalom uh, in your life means there's no life in your life. See, shalom equals life. So that means if there's no shalom or peace in my life, I'm not really living. Uh, I've not have any life in my life. And I don't know about you, but I've spent enough of my days not having life in my life. Uh, I'm making a decision that from this day forward, I'm going to have some life in my life. Which means if I got to walk by myself, I'll walk by myself. Oh, If I got to disappoint some people because they don't agree with the decisions I got to make, so be it. I refuse to exchange anything for me my shalom stop waiting for a day that there's no problems because shalom doesn't mean that there's no problems there's not a day coming in your life where there's going to be no problems I, I need to just go ahead and bust that double for all of you that are waiting and holding on until when the Lord takes all your problems I'm here to tell you don't you hold your breath that problems are God's way of introducing new opportunities. And so if there's no problems in your life, oh God, I wish I had a church. If there's no new problems in your life, then God can introduce new opportunities in your life. Hidden inside of every problem, in every enigma, in every tough situation, is God introducing you to a fresh opportunity. Tell somebody, say, I got new opportunities coming my way. Shalom doesn't mean that there's no problems. It means you don't view problems as problems. You view them as opportunities to bust a move. But when I see problems coming in my life, I understand, God, I'm getting ready to shift. Something's getting ready to change. Something's getting ready to happen in my life. And if you're sitting in here and you got a lot of problems going on in your life, you better understand God says, I'm trying to upgrade you. Because all of those problems are just me trying to give you a bunch of new opportunities. High five somebody say opportunity. Tell them that. Problems have a way of showing you that you are Christian for real. Uh, see, when you go through some of the stuff that I've been through, I ain't talking about you, I'm talking about me. Uh, and you can still wake up and still love people and still care about people and still pray and still praise God. I learned that I'm saved for real. I learned that that I really am a Christian. Problems have a way of showing you that you're really saved. Uh, because if some of the stuff you had to endure over the last year of your life, you had to endure when you were not a Christian, it would have been a different story. You would have been on an episode of Snap or something like that. We would have been watching videos about you talking about, ain't that a shame how that good old Christian... <laughs> but Shalom, beyond that, watch this. Shalom for the Hebrews... It was not only just life and peace and nothing missing, nothing, bracket, nothing broken, nothing lacking, all as well. Watch this. For the Hebrews, Shalom was a greeting. Now check this out. For the Hebrews, when they said Shalom, they were saying hello and goodbye. No. 
if you really want peace in your life, there's some stuff that you're scared of you're going to have to say hello to. But if you really want peace in your life, there's some stuff you're going to have to say bye-bye to. Uh, uh, listen, uh, it ain't me, baby. It's, it's, it, it ain't you. It's, it, it's me. Uh, because I refuse to live in a jacked-up, messed-up situation. Oh, bye-bye. <laughs> bye-bye. Got to go. Got to go. I got a new opportunity waiting on me. Uh, you thought this problem was God judging me. Mm-mm. This problem here was God saying, I got a new door for you. But Shalom, not only was it a greeting, hello and goodbye, but Shalom also, watch this, because depending on Shalom, the way it's used, it is spelled slightly differently. When it's used as a noun, Shalom is Shalom, S-H-A-L-O-M. But when it's used, watch this, as a verb, it is Shalom, S-H-A-L-A-M. Now, now check this out, which means it is a process an activity, a movement towards fullness. In essence, when I use shalom as a verb, an action, it means peace has a price. Y'all, I have to preach, Bishop. Yes, sir, I will preach to yourself. Which means this, sometimes it's got to get messy before it's going to be able to get clean. Sometimes it's got to get noisy in your life before it's going to be able to cool down. Sometimes it's got to get a bit controversial uh, before you can get some uh, peace to your situation. Peace has a price. Don't somebody say peace has a price. Peace has a price. And for everybody that can't pay that price, you don't want peace. Peace has a price. It's a process. It's not just making a confession. I am in Shalom today. No, no, no. It's more than that. It's a price to it. It means that there's some folk that you're just going to have to say, you know what? I don't have nothing to say to you no more. It, it, it means there's some situations in life you're just going to have to say, you know what? I refuse to deal with this anymore. There's some low self-esteem you're going to have to look at and say, today was your last day. In my, I'm tired of making bad decisions because I don't feel good about myself. Uh, I'm talking to somebody in here. God says, quit making bad decisions because you got issues with you. You better realize you are a king and a priest. And you are made in the image of God and in the likeness of God. You may have made some mistakes, but that's not who you are. Say shalom. Now, now three things you need to know about shalom. You ready? Shalom in your home just isn't your physical home, but it's in you. Now, now watch this. 2 Corinthians 5, 6, just write it down. It says, so we are always confident knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. What did we just read? The body is the home. Well, watch this. Many people want shalom around them, but it's not in them. And you can't have around you what you don't have in you. Mark 7 and 20 says, whatever comes out of a man that defiles or defines a man. People do what's in them. So if there's no shalom around you, can I just suggest just a hypothesis, just a bit of conjecture? Perhaps it is because there is no shalom in you. If there's hell in you, all you're going to have is hell. Did you hear that? People do what's in them. It just is what it is. Amen. Bishop Adam believes so and so did me like that. Baby, 
Hear me and hear me well. That's what's in them. It is what it is. Bishop, I was hoping they were going to change. Baby, hear me and hear me well. People do what's in them. It just is what. But I thought we had prayed and went to see the bishop. Listen, baby. Man, baby, or woman, baby. Hear me and hear me well. People do what's in them. It just is what it is. Stop looking at this. Don't believe that. Why are you letting people devastate you like that? Ain't nobody should have that much power over you in the foot. It just is what it is. I thought, forget all of that thinking. The Bible don't tell you to think. It tells you to obey what God said. It just is what it is. I can't believe my boss did me like that. Baby. It just is. People do what's in them. And check this out. David said in Psalm 51.10, Created me, you know the scripture, a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast or right spirit within me. Life, watch this, watch this now. Life will make your heart dirty. This is why people do what's in them. See, people do dirty things because there's dirt in them. People perpetrate against others what's been perpetrated against them. So David says, Created me a clean heart, O God. And renew a steadfast spirit within me. Life, when you go through, anybody been through some things in life? If you ain't been through nothing, then you don't understand nothing I'm talking about. You're just saying, oh, I wonder. But if you've been through something, you understand that life has a way of making your heart dirty. And you can sit up here and talk all you want about how you didn't let it get to you. Ooh, but let's tell the truth. A little bit of that. A little bit of it seeped in there. You can talk about, oh, I just gave it to the Lord. Yeah, about all, just, just about all of it. But a little bit of it you held on to. Can we be honest? We say we give a lot to God, but we keep a little bit for ourselves. And life will make your heart dirty and your spirit not steadfast. What does that mean? What does steadfast mean? It'll make your spirit disloyal. It'll make your spirit lazy. It'll make your spirit unstable. It'll make your spirit unwilling to stand up. That's what steadfast means in Hebrew. In Hebrew, steadfast means to be able to be erect or to stand fully. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So David, well, now watch this. I love what David wrote because David wrote Psalm 5110, created me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit in me. That's part of a song. David, while we got all these song people getting credit for stuff in the Christian world today, the truth is, when they get to, 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 to the Lord, they're going to owe David a check. Because <laughs> people be robbing from David all the time. And you're like, that is such a beautiful song. That's David. <laughs> David wrote that song after he seemingly, I'm going to help somebody, ruined his life by making one of the worst decisions he ever made, which was to court with and be with Bathsheba and David wrote that song after the prophet Nathan pronounced the judgment of the Lord upon him oh I'm gonna help somebody uh, David was saying God I need you don't don't remake the heart I currently got no, 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 because I didn't been through some things. And, 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 and you know what, God? The truth is, is I did what I did with Bathsheba because I felt entitled like you owed me something. I made that bad decision because I felt like you owed me something, God. And the truth of the matter is I felt that way because my heart was dirty. Oh, and David says, don't, don't take that old one and make it over. No, just start and give me a brand new one. Create in me. Create. Make a new heart in me. 
He said, don't, don't remake the one I had. Because the one I had, see, if you ever bought something refurbished, it looks new until you get down there to look at the screws. And when you look at the screws that are supposed to be all black, come on, you refurbished Sprint phone buyers. And when you look at the screws that are supposed to be all black, you will discover that a little bit of the black paint has come off the screw. Because even though they were able to make the outside look new, the inside was still old. And since the inside was still old and not completely redone, what you have is new parts with old parts. Well, what's going to eventually happen is the old parts are going to wear the new parts. So David said, don't give me a refurbished heart. Take that nasty one out and give me a create one. Because when you've been betrayed, when you've been hurt, when people have done you wrong, when people that you trusted have messed over you, when things have happened and you feel like God owes you something. That's what David was going through. He felt like God owed him something after all of what his crazy sons had put him through. And so he felt, I bet, see, but that's the least you could do for me, God. I mean, come on. I need a little bit of reprieve. I need a little bit of a break. All this hell I got to go through, these kids is crazy. Solomon had problems with his sons too. Solomon said, you know what Solomon, Solomon, David's son that eventually became king. Solomon said, I don't want to die. And it's not for the reason you may think. Solomon said, I don't want to die because I don't want my crazy sons to take over. <laughs> Solomon said, my only fear in dying is that one of them is going to be in charge. And exactly what he feared happened because when he died, the kingdom split. They said, we ain't following him. Then it was his, uh, Judah and Israel. Okay, anyway, so we'll get back to this story. David was saying, Lord, my dirty heart mixed with a dirty spirit, disloyal, lazy, refusing to stand up for what I know I should stand up for. See, what I don't understand about some of you is that you've been through worse situations than what you're facing before. And now all of a sudden your spirit got a little dirt on it. And your spirit refuses now to stand up for what it knows it needs to stand up for. You got to be careful when you start losing your ability to be steadfast and immovable. David was saying, Lord, give me shalom within myself. Because I can't have it around me if I don't first have it. And the reason I went over there and was messing with her is because the truth was I hated me. Y'all ain't going to say nothing. I'm preaching to myself. This is just good. This is for the DVD. Uh, the reason that many times we make bad decisions in the people we allow around us is because we don't really have issues with them. We got issues with ourselves. And so those issues we have with ourselves manifest themselves in the decisions we make. David was really saying, God, help me have shalom within me because I'm making all these bad decisions. But the issue is... I need a clean heart created. And I need you to renew my steadfast, immovable, non-lazy, my stable spirit. That's the first thing. is to have shalom in your home. You've got to first have it in you. Because you are, your body is the home of your spirit. Stop talking about I can't wait to go home to be with the Lord. The book just told you. That body you got right there, right now, that's your house. Now, keep a clean house. Second thing, second thing. Y'all all right? Second thing, second thing. Shalom or peace must be pursued 
Watch this, because we like that part, but you ain't going to like this last part. With all people. Not just people you like. It's easy to pursue peace with somebody you like. It is not, however, easy to pursue peace with people that are not your personal cup of tea. Y'all ain't saying nothing. <laughs> Matter of fact, okay, since y'all ain't going to say that, I'm going to show you the scriptures. Go to Romans 14 and 19. I'm going to show you the scriptures there. I was just going to read them and tell you to write them. But since y'all have a little trouble digesting, we're going to go look at it. Romans 14 and 19. Peace must be pursued with all people. Romans 14, 19, you got it? Therefore, let us pursue the things which make for peace. So he tells you how to get peace. Pursue things that make for peace. What are the things that make for peace? Commonalities. What makes peace? Things you have in common versus things you don't have in common. See, you may not understand why certain people are a certain way, but that's because you don't have that in common with them. So the way you pursue peace is find things that make for peace. What are things that make for peace? Things y'all agree on? So rather than sitting up having a discussion about why certain people do things certain ways, have a discussion about, you know what, but well, we do this the same way. I promise you, even the people you despise, you still have something in common with. And the reason you probably despise them is because the thing you don't like in them is the thing you don't like in yourself. You ain't got to say nothing because I'm telling the truth. A lot of times people say, I just, you know, whenever I look at people and the people say, I just don't like this. And this person, I always look at it. I'm like, I'll tell you why you don't. Because that's you. And what God did was give you a mirror. So you got the opportunity to see what you look like. Now, you thought it wasn't you because you're a woman and that's a man or that's a man and you're a woman or whatever. You thought that it wasn't you. But no, God says, I showed you a mirror so you could see what you look like. And now you see you don't even like it, uh, which means how are you going to be mad at them when that's you? Which means what you're really saying, you're going to go back to David. I got some issues within me. Give me shalom so I can have shalom around me. People that love themselves typically don't make a lot of enemies. Because we'll get to that other point in a minute. Because they ain't really studying you. And so it's just, oh, okay. Don't you just hate when someone says, no, I didn't even really pay no attention to it. I do what I'm supposed to do. Y'all don't know it? So I'm so busy doing that. I didn't, I ain't, I ain't. <laughs> Therefore, pursue the things which makes for peace and the things which one may edify another. Edify means build up, which means my goal then is for everybody around me is to build them up. But Bishop, how am I supposed to build them up? They were talking about me. I'll tell you how you build them up. You build them up. But how am I supposed to do that? Same way you do it for somebody that you like. But Bishop, they don't deserve it. Ooh, don't let's not talk about deserving. Uh, because, see, that's what grace and mercy, that's what the whole Christian experience is about. It ain't about them deserving it. If it was about deserving it, then, man, you and I wouldn't even be able to sit here today. Because none of us deserve his goodness and his mercy and his grace. When he was hanging on Calvary, he took that penalty for us. He didn't deserve that. You build them up. Bishop, how do I do that? You rejoice with them. Even when you think they got what you were supposed to get. I, I said, that's, man, that's awesome. Congratulations. And I ain't got no, 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 no. That's it. Now, this is the Bible now. These ain't Bishop's words. This is the Bible. 
Now go one more place. Hebrews 12, 13. Hebrews 12, 13. Peace must be pursued with who? All people. All people. All people. And let me tell you, you're going to be tested in this. And let me tell you this too. Since you heard this word today, let me tell you what you got coming this week. Bishop, don't speak that. I, okay, fine. I won't speak it, but it ain't going to happen. Okay. <laughs> okay, so fine. I won't speak it, but I'm just, don't be surprised. Got to be peace, peaceable. Peaceable. Peace. The Lord's been, been working with me and dealing with me over the last, last few weeks about peace. I, I, wrote, I wrote on the Twitter and on the Facebook, uh, because this is the Twitter. I like me and Betty White got a thing going on. It's the Twitter and the Facebook. And I wrote, I, wrote, I wrote a few weeks ago, I said I had one of the greatest aha moments. Amen. And I was writing that because as I was dealing with some things, I, I said, okay, God. I said, perhaps my approach is, needs to change in this because I'm not seeing the results I want to see in the time frame I want to see them. So, 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 so me and the Lord had a long, good old conversation. It took us the whole day. Ooh, but we got through it at, at, about an approach in a specific situation I was looking at. I said, oh, Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Hebrews 12, 13, you got it? And make straight paths for your feet so that that which is lame may not be dislocated, but rather healed. Pursue peace with who? <laughs> okay, so this for all of you. Where does this specifically say all people? Right here. And holiness, without which uh, none shall see the Lord. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. Here it is. Lest any root of bitterness springs up. Where does it come from? You. And cause trouble. And by this, many will become defiled or defined by your bitterness. That's why you got to get step one first, right? Because see, the, or the point one. Because point one means I got to have shalom in me. Because if I get shalom in me, there's no bitterness there. If there's no bitterness there, I don't have the propensity to defile people that are around me. Now, let me be very clear about what this means. It doesn't mean best buddies and BFFs and, and best friends with everybody. It just means point number three. This is what's point number three. You are very wise to ask that question. Don't let anybody move the furniture in your home around. Okay, so you see how we made that connection? So, 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 so. Peace with all people doesn't mean, see, because here's what Christians think. Christians think sometimes that we're supposed to be doormats. Well, that's not Christianity. Jesus wasn't no doormat. You said something to Jesus, in the middle of preaching, Jesus would stop. And he since you said something about him. He wouldn't, you know, people misread and mis misinterpret stuff like turn the other cheek. No, they, they misinterpret that. No, 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 no. What he was saying is turn the other cheek while you're reaching over to grab. Okay, anyway, so, so you got to read the whole Bible, the whole Bible, the whole Bible, now the whole Bible, the whole Bible. I turned it because I'm reaching. Read the whole Bible. You hear? <laughs> now watch this. Now watch this. No, no. Okay, now watch this. The southern section is making fun of me. Now watch this. Watch this. Jesus, in the middle of preaching, if he didn't like something you said, Jesus would stop preaching, and he'd set you straight. If he perceived you said something about him, Jesus would stop preaching and say, Hey, what would you say, Ananias? 
I perceive that you said something. That's okay. Your wife's leaving you. Be seated. The kingdom of heaven. I love Jesus. I love him. I love him. I love him. I love him. See, I'm trying to be like him. You understand? Ooh, I love him. Because he set folks straight. He, he, listen, and he didn't do it mean, and he wasn't, he wasn't a battle axe about it, and, and mean and nasty. He just... What'd you say? Oh, I'm not the Messiah? But you're going to hell, so what? What's, the, what's up? The kingdom is like a mustard seed. Then he go right back to teaching. I love me some Jesus. Third point, and I'm through. Don't let anybody move the furniture in your home around. Now, some of you are literally thinking, well, Bishop, ain't nobody moved the furniture. I mean, I've been in the same place three and a half years. Ain't nobody moved the furniture. I'm not talking about the literal furniture. I'm talking about giving people the ability to make you change. You can't control what people do, but you can control how you let it affect you. See, using Jesus as our example, he couldn't control what those people were doing, but he so controlled how it let them affect him. Because even when those same people he was healing were crying, crucify him, he didn't return evil for their evil. He just said, if you only knew you needed me way more than I needed you. Uh, and so Jesus then gives us the example. Don't let anybody's unwillingness to change make you change. Too often a person's unwillingness to be what it is we desire for them to be or who they told us they would be or who we hoped they'd become. We allow their unwillingness to do that and to be that make us change who we are. And so since they're cruel, you end up being cruel. Because they're dishonest, you end up being dishonest. Don't let anybody have that much power over you to come in your house and move your furniture around. That's why I have a policy in life that when stuff is going on around me that's crazy, I got a policy in life. That policy is this phrase, that's not my problem. Now, it doesn't mean I'm not concerned. It doesn't mean that I'm not interested in finding a resolution. Oh, but what I can tell you is I'm not going to let all of that mess with what's going on inside of me. I'm not going to let your dysfunction, your drama, your issues mess with what's going on with me. You're not calling me with no drama uh, because you can't come in my house and move the furniture around uh, because I found out that it can get moved through the telephone is just as it could if they were there physically you're not going to move my furniture around with no emails you ain't going to move my furniture around with no Facebook messages no 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 you're not coming in my house and moving my furniture around why this is the day that the Lord has made and I made me a choice a long time ago that I'm going to rejoice and be made glad in. I may not always feel like being glad in it. Sometimes I feel like being sad. Sometimes I feel like being mad. Sometimes I feel, oh, you're not hearing what I'm saying, but I made a decision. I'm going to be glad. Oh, I'm going to find me something to be glad about. I'm going to find me something to shout about. I'm going to find me something to be thankful about. I woke up this morning in my right mind and my legs were working. I'm going to shout about that. My arms were working. I'm going to shout about that. Many times, and I'm through, we lack peace in our lives from trying to make our environment match our expectations. The difference between an expectation and a realization, the difference between those two is called frustration. And many times, 
we will create a lack of peace or shalom in our lives from trying to make our environment match our expectations. But often, your expectations are based off who you'd hope they'd become rather than who they are. So you have an inappropriate expectation which gives you an inappropriate realization. So now you're dealing with frustration, which means you let somebody come in your house and move your furniture. Now here's the deal. In my house, I like moving my furniture on a fairly regular basis. Reason is, when I walk in, I'll say to myself, I looked at this yesterday. And day for that, day for that, day for that. It's time for change. But over the last few years, over the last few years, I've been just letting it be the way that it is because it's peaceful. And I said, even though, you know, you know, because here's the deal. Some people are so used to having drama in their lives. When life gets quiet for you, you, you start thinking you're missing out on something. So when you say, I just woke up and I just, I went to work and I mean, it was a good day and I mean, I came home and ate, and I mean, I watched TV, and I listened to some of the Word on the CDs, and then I got me a DVD last weekend, ooh, because I really needed that Word. And, um, you know, I talked to a few family members, and I mean, you know, I just, I just, you know, that was my whole day. What's wrong with that? You think because you didn't have to cuss nobody out and didn't nobody cuss you out and because you didn't have to fight nobody and because you didn't have to defend yourself, you think that you're missing something. Some folks are so used to drama that when stuff gets simple, they're like, I'm missing something. Something's missing. Something's missing in my life. I'll tell you what's missing. Hell. And what in hell do you want? I just, you know, I just went and, and filled up my tank, and I just, you know, I got paid, and I just went, and I went to the store, and then I went to Ron's, and then I went to Marshall's, and, or fellas, you know, then I went to, you know, Harbor Freight, and then I went to, you know, <laughs> and then I did this, and, and then, and, you know, and I just went home. That's okay. I know you used to living, what's love got to do with it out in your life? Were you trying to figure out whether or not Ike didn't smoke the pipe that day? I know you're used to that, but God says it's a new day in your life. It's a day called Shalom. It's a day called peace. Somebody shout Shalom. shalom. And you know what I found out? Let me tell you about me. This is about me. I, I found out that, you know, that, that, that sometimes, this is not about you, this is about me and your neighbor. Mm -hmm, he got it, we got it, we got it, see. <laughs> I found out that our old nature likes to find ways to create a lack of shalom. You could be having a great day. And you know what you go off and do? Find something wrong. Let me talk to the parents, and I'm through preaching. I'm going to take my seat. 
Day's going good. You had a wonderful day. God is good. The, the Lord is speaking to you. You prayed more that day than you ever prayed in your entire life. You prayed for 20 minutes. And I mean, you just feel spiritual and deep and close to God. And so you're having a great day. And you just feel like, God, this is awesome. God, this is wonderful. And then you go home. And then your kid, you know, they, you know, hey, mama, hey, daddy, oh, yeah. And, you, and then everything's good. And you're crazy, self. Not you. It's your neighbor. Go look for something wrong. You go in and search in drawers and search in cabinets and everybody doing good and you go off and why are these socks not in here right? Sit yourself down. Because you can't handle the fact that I'm having a good day and I don't know what to do. Don't wreck your life that way. Don't wreck your life that way. Especially if you're in management or in a supervisory role. It's easy because you're trained. You've got to look for things that are wrong. It's easy if I have a good day. Have a good day. And you find one thing. All of a sudden, your good day is totally who put that in that folder how many times I got to tell y'all to put I'm talking about me now how many times just have shalom stand up with me <laughs> oh God help us help us help us we just want shalom in our homes, in our lives. You paid the price for it, so we want it. Well, we want it because you paid for it. Help us, Lord. Strengthen us, Lord. Show us how to pursue peace with all people. Doesn't mean we're admitting that they weren't wrong. Doesn't mean we're saying they didn't do something wrong. No, no, no. It's just saying you don't have permission to move my furniture. So what you did ain't going to affect me like that. I cried about it for a few moments. And then I got over it. I, I was disappointed for a few moments. And then I got over it. Just is what it is. Father, like David said, create in us. <laughs> create in us a clean heart. Don't try to refurbish the one we got and, and put some anointing oil on the one we got. No, 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 no. Just rip it out and create a clean one in us. Life has been dirty to some of us, but we don't have to be dirty to others. And renew a steadfast spirit. Immovable. Not lazy. Loyal. Spirit within us. With your heads bowed and eyes closed. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, today's your day. Mr. Foreman, you don't know the mistakes I've made. Dr. Foreman, you don't know the mistakes I've made. I'm here to tell you it doesn't really matter. God wants to give you one thing today, and that word is shalom. He wants it in you so you can have it around you. You can't have what you don't have. And if that's you today, you're not a believer. Today's your day. Or maybe you're here today, 
and you've served the Lord before, you've given your life to him, you grew up in the church, but you've not been serving him, and you say, I need to rededicate myself to Jesus. I want to get things right with God. Today's your day. We're not here to judge you. We're not here to put you down. We're not here to say you're not this and you're not that. We only got one thing to say to you, and that's love. We're here to love you to life. That's the kind of church we are at Harvest. We're not here to put you down and you're not this or you're not that. No, no, no. We want to teach you who you are because when you know who you are, it changes what you do. I don't have any judgment to give you. I don't have any bad things to tell you. I've, I've been sent to preach good news. And the good news is that all the bad news is wrong. And if you need to become a believer, rededicate yourself to the Lord. Today's your day. I'm right where you are. I want you to throw your hand up. If you need to become a believer, rededicate yourself to the Lord. Right where you are, throw your hand up on the count of three. One, two, three. Wherever where you are, throw your hand up because we're going to pray for you. I see you. God bless you. God bless you. Just keep that hand up because we're going to slip something in it. Come on, Harvest. Come on, Harvest. We're celebrating you. Congratulations. God loves you, man. We love you. We care about you. Your best days are ahead of you, not behind you. God has great things in store for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everybody say this to me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I confess my sin before you. I thank you that God sent Jesus to die in my place, to give me shalom, to give me life, to give me peace. Help me to resist the urge to find something wrong. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, Lord, but help me walk in shalom. I make a decision that from this day forward, there's going to be life in my life. In the name of Jesus, if you believe what you prayed, would you just shout radically right here? Woo! Encourage somebody next to you and say life in your life. Tell them that life in your life. Hallelujah. You can be seated in the presence of God. We're going to check out what's happening at your campus real quick. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.